You want some more of this bitch? Welcome to the Three Kings Podcast, where everyday blokes act like kings. I'm just a regular, everyday, normal motherfucker. I told you in the first song, I'll tell you in a... Um, so how are you guys? Today we've got um, a special guest in today. We've got George Mann on, um, video calling all the way in from Perth. How are you, mate? Yeah, going well, thank you. How are you guys? Good, thanks Heath for coming on. appreciate you taking the time out of your busy um, fight camp for this fight. So um, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, no problem at all. As I say, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's a pleasure and I'm sure we'll go into a few things about the fight. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we all are, mate. It's going to be good. Um, we saw that you were at a fight last night. Um, yeah. Do you get nerves or excitement when you had a, a fight before going to, into your fight? Uh, n- not too much. Um, at Riddlers, we've got such a big team where we have probably 30 active fighters minimum who fight every couple of weeks. So to be honest, it doesn't matter what time of year I'm fighting, I'm always going to three, four shows prior. So yeah. I've kind of just got used to it and um, adjusted to the, the setup. But yeah, yesterday was great. We had eight fighters on um, on a show called Triple D Domination. Um, Riddler's done really well, got eight wins. So it was a, a great outing. Um, yeah, it's just good being amongst it, you know, being out the back and warming up the fighters. And yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And, Luckily, it's uh, it's my turn next week. Yeah. So, what made you pick um Riddlers, Jim? Like, obviously, you're from Scotland originally. What made you pick Riddlers in Perth? So, originally, I came over um, to a gym called Gav's Gym, GTG, and uh, I was there for about a year and a half. I think I had ten or so fights during that period. Um, Gav um, actually contacted me and brought me over from the UK. Um, we had a great relationship and still do have a great relationship. And uh, Jim went through a, a bit of a tricky period where him and his business partner were kind of going separate ways and um, all the time and just kind of aligned. And uh, the gym was kind of shut down for a little while. And that's when I, I made the move to Riddler's. Um, so shout out to Gav and the team there. Thanks again for bringing me across. Yeah. Wouldn't be here today without him. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, um, I, I took a little bit of time away. I announced that I was leaving Gav's gym and I didn't go into too much of the business side. It's not my place, but I announced that I was leaving um, Gav's. I then took about a month, two months, three months, um, pretty much just to go away and decide what I want to do. Yeah. Obviously, there was me and a couple of other fighters as well that were in the same boat that kind of needed a place to go. And uh, and we all went to the pub. We all sat down in the pub. We took a pen and paper, a notepad, and uh, and we just discussed all the gyms and and where would be best suited for us. And and we decided to go to Riddlers. Yeah, right. So was were you always kind of planning on staying in Australia? There was never any plans to go back to the UK. So I came here with a bit of an open mind. Yeah. Obviously, on paper, Australia is one of the best places in the world and uh, I came on the, the plane literally I just turned 18 so packed my bag and didn't really know what to expect uh, when I got here obviously I started to build a bit of a life and um, you know I can now call Australia home and over time quite a quick period of time I decided that this is where I want to be yeah 
Yeah, well, Australia's a whole lot of better weather than freaking Scotland and the UK. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, it's not even just that. The, the culture, the people, the, you know, everything, everything. I, I love it here. You know, it really, really suits me. And, and as I say, the best move I ever made. But I wouldn't be here without Gavin making that phone call and making it happen, you know. So it just shows you every single person you meet along the way. You just don't know how much of an impact one decision can make. Yeah, well, I've seen... Um... I've seen the kind of resume of Riddler's gym. You you picked a good one. Like they've got a lot of former world champions and stuff, and current world champions in there as well, like yourself included. So you picked a good gym. Yeah, and like I say, I obviously went there with a little bit of a reputation as well. Like I, as I mentioned earlier, I'd had ten, twelve fights or whatever it was in the eighteen months that I was at Gav. So yeah. I, I also built a bit of a name, but. I was in a bit of a rock and a hard place where I was growing and growing and growing in terms of physical size. Obviously, between the ages of what, you know, 19 and 24, I've, I've grown quite a lot physically. Yeah. How old and, are you now? Uh, 24 now, yeah. yeah, 24 now. So Riddler's pretty much brought me in and um, we had to kind of find a weight class that was going to work and pretty much try to start from, from the bottom and, and work my way up and... Obviously, we got the world title, which was amazing. We defended the world title, which was even better. And, and yeah, as I say, yeah, couldn't do it without the team at Riddlers either, for sure. Um, when Gav's gym closed down, did you ever um, think about leaving Perth or were you always going to stay in Perth? No, nah, I was all, I was always going to stay in Perth. Yeah, I was always going to stay in Perth. So what, what actually then happened was so Gav's gym then rebranded to GTG, which is Gav's Thai boxing gym. So um, they opened up quite shortly afterwards again a couple of months later and and it was great to see them doing well but in terms of my position I had at that point kind of committed myself to Riddlers and I knew that Perth is where I wanted to be long term and hence why I made that move. Yeah have you done any traveling um, around Australia and liked any other spots around here? I have, um, but to be honest, mainly work or fighting related. Yeah, so you're only there for a few days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get to see around, you get to meet the people, you know, you you do get to somewhat understand the specific places for what they are, but I guess living there and going for a holiday is two very different places, two very different things, I should say. Um, So, yeah, I've been to Brisbane, I've been to... Melbourne, Sydney, yeah, I've been I've been all around Australia. Yeah. Um I've got a, a four wheel drive here, so I enjoy a bit of touring up and down Perth as well. So yeah. <laughs> uh maybe I'll have to explore at some point and try one of the other states and drive around and Yeah, go for a road trip around Australia. <laughs> for sure. So you're heading here on Tuesday? Sorry, good. Uh Wednesday. 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 Are you Wednesday, staying? Yeah. Are you staying a bit longer this time? Obviously, it's a big fight. You know, stay a bit longer afterwards, or uh, nah. So I've got obviously with Christmas and stuff, it's going to be quite a busy period for me in uh, in December. So I fly out on Wednesday. I come to um, Brisbane for the fight. I leave Brisbane on Monday. I go to Melbourne for a week for work. I then work in Melbourne for the week. I then fly back to Perth for half a day which is when we'll do the Riddler's Christmas party. And then for that half a day, I'll go straight back to the airport and I'll fly to Thailand for a couple of weeks just to have a bit of a break and do a bit of training for, for leisure. Yeah, so right. it's going to be a busy, busy <laughs> couple of weeks for sure. 
Is that why you're based at Perth? Because it's such a short flight from Perth to Thailand or? Not specifically. Like yeah. I say, it was uh, more so a, a stroke of luck where this just so happened to be where Gav's gym was based and this yeah. is where I ended up. Um, but yeah, it's it's a plus, I guess, being so close. Definitely a lot closer than the UK, that's for sure. Yeah, because people don't realise how big Australia is. It's actually a five and a half hour flight from Brisbane to Perth. So it's it's literally like you're going overseas and you're still flying in Australia. Yeah, yeah. It, it was funny because my brother-in-law's come over from Thailand for for this fight, and um, yeah, he was saying to me like he, he's Thai, and he was saying so you know how far away is this fight? Like a couple of hours, or you know, I was like, so we're gonna get on a plane. I'm um, gonna be on the plane for quite some time, so we're going all the way across the other side of Australia. It is about four hour journey, whatever it is on the plane. It's like. Fair play, so commitment <laughs> for the promoters. Um, so you pretty much um, started at the age of seven fighting and your first fight at age eight. So how many fights have you had so far in total? Oh, no, no idea, honestly. No. I, to be honest, it's literally just a guessing game now. At some point, I, you know, some people, you might say 80, you might say 120, you might say 100. To be honest, the answer changes every time someone asks me. I've no idea. <laughs> But I did, I did actually, I decided when I started uh, pro, so in the UK they have um, like the amateur fights, the padded fights, and then when you get to like five threes and no shin pads and stuff, that's what we classify as pro, therefore your uh, record starts again. Sometimes they do it in Australia, sometimes they don't. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure what the, the most common thing is, but uh, I think I've had about 45, 46 pro Rough, uh, roughly, I'm pretty sure that's quite close. Um, so I decided that when I made the switch across from amateur to pro, that I would, I would really keep track and and count how many fights, wins, losses, and and I've done that to date, which has been great. But it was funny. I actually sat back with my partner a while ago, and we said, "All right, out of these 45, 46 pro fights, can we actually name everyone that I've fought?" And I think I got to about 26, 27 names, and I. I, I just lost track couldn't even couldn't continue the list <laughs> and some of them some of them only happened like last year I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, you know so yeah they, they add up and it, it, it can be hard to keep track yeah about well Muay Thai is pretty um well known for every kind of person who practices it ha- has a lot of fights compared to other you know combat sports yeah oh definitely and like you say the ties alone they rack up a ridiculous amounts of fights and uh, and also you see something that's quite common with the tournaments, you know, you see these four-man and eight-man tournaments and stuff, and like I say, you rack up three fights in one night, yeah. you know, whereas any other sport or combat sport, that's unheard of. Yeah, you're lucky you know? to fight three times a year, yeah. Yeah, literally, you yeah. know, if you were to consider MMA, you know, these guys fight once, twice max a year, yeah. you know. So I was, I was doing a bit of research for this podcast, Um and it come up that you actually played soccer at a, a high competitive level. Is there, Do you regret not pursuing soccer or are you happy with, with the track you went uh, down with Muay I'm very, very happy with the track that I, I took. Um, to be honest, I was at a good good level amongst uh, several others, you know. So, you, you know, you're still competing against so, so many other people. So, to, to do the fighting... I was much better at the fight and the Muay Thai. I was a million times better. So 
Um, I decided to take this avenue, and I'm very glad that I did because you know I'm in the position that I am now. If I had played football, I might have only played for six months, got injured, then chucked it, you know. So, yeah. um, very happy with where I ended up, and certainly no regrets. But now, I uh, uh, I still uh, play football, I guess you could say. I I started playing a couple of years ago, um, just for amateurs and stuff, and I actually did get injured in my groin, and I said, oh, I can't do it anymore, you know. I I stopped playing. I then found myself in a coaching role, so I've ended up coaching two amateur teams, uh, reserves in a first team, so I am still involved in it, so I still have that strong passion towards it. So I'm fortunate and lucky that I have the, the best of both worlds. Yeah. And how did you get into fighting? Like, did anyone in your family fight, or how did you end yeah, up taking total it Total fluke. Yeah. yeah, total fluke. So my, uh, I was just literally playing at a friend's house, and his mum said, do you want to go kickboxing? And it was actually a Muay Thai, and we were just playing in this garage. And I was like, yeah, 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 I want to go. Ran home to my mum, asked her if I could go. And, and my mum actually said something on the lines of, like, yeah, I just said, yeah, whatever. But I never actually expected you to stick. Yeah. And, yeah, here we are. Quite <laughs> some time later, we're, we're still going, you know. And and that's actually uh, one thing I want to mention while I'm here. Like, m- my mum's obviously had such a, a huge impact on on my whole career you know she was the one taking you to and from to and from and spending all the money where well you are between the ages of seven and 16 18 so she she was a a large large part of 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 what i do and then when i came to australia obviously i'd isolated myself from a, a large part of my family so i don't see my mum or any anyone anymore and uh i'm very fortunate that my parents are flying in for this fight yeah right so they're gonna they're gonna be in Brisbane for the the event against Jake Land, probably the first time they've seen me fight in quite a number of years. So it's uh it's an extra incentive for me to to go out and do well regardless of the result. Yeah, how good's that? So obviously, yeah, it's brilliant. So obviously, um, it you you just mentioned that your family stayed over at Scotland. Was it a mass like a really hard transition to stay away from them for so long? Do you know, what? it it was probably harder for for them than me. Like obviously with my parents and stuff, you know, they're used to taking care of me and doing everything they would do for me uh, growing up. So for them to for me to be away from that, they're probably thinking, oh wow, you know, no one's here to kind of look after or, or do the washing for yeah. them. <laughs> probably quite a big change. Whereas for me, as I mentioned, I had literally just turned eighteen. I had a whole world ahead of me and I said, you know what, I'm going for it. You know, I'm going for it. So I went on the plane and, and almost didn't look back, you know. Obviously, being away from your family all the times, you know, not great. Of course, you would love to have them here with you every day. But as I mentioned, I've, I've got a new life here now and uh, I still talk to them as much as I can. We're very fortunate to have the social media. Yeah, and have and, the technology uh, and stuff we've got now. You can FaceTime them and stuff like we're doing now. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So... Yeah, we've come a long way. We've we've got a good system going, and we we all keep in touch. So no complaints, no regrets at all. Do you go home at all? Uh, I've been home twice in six and a half years. Yeah. Um, COVID obviously delayed things oh, a yeah. little bit. I would have I would have loved to have chucked in another trip amongst that, but um, I went back uh, earlier this year 
and it was great. You know, it was great just to see everyone again and friends, family, and and even just to be around the surroundings. You know, for a short period, it, yeah, it kind of gives you a, a bit of a boost. You know, to to then come back here and it makes you appreciate everything that you've got here as well. You know, with the weather and yeah, you know jet skis and all these you know, big full <laughs> drives and stuff because you go there and it's you know it's nothing like that you yeah know, it's miserable and the weather's crap and you know you the car that you've got is a one thousand dollar car and you know, it's just <laughs> a different world you know different worlds yeah well we'll get into um some of your your achievements in fighting you're a british champion european champion and world champion have you ever thought about becoming an australian champion at all uh, I actually, I actually had the state title um, uh, for WBC, so I did, I did win the state title for WA. But to be honest with you, I, it all always felt a bit off for me. You know, like the guy that I fought was the best. He was one of my teammates now, actually. But um, it was a credible fight. But I think I would have rather have not have fought for the belt because I don't. I'm a citizen and stuff, but I don't feel. Australian born and bred, you know, like I yeah. don't feel like I deserve it almost. Yep. Um, I'm happy representing both um, countries, absolutely, on the world scene, but I, I, it feels weird calling me an Australian champion. I don't know. It's just, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It just it doesn't sit right with me. I, I don't have a, a real explanation behind it. But um, yeah, when, when I won the, the state title, obviously the next step was the Australian title. Um, but I kind of I kind of skip, skipped that step and, and went straight to the international, probably about five years later. Yeah, yeah. The world title is a bit more glamorous than an Australian title, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I say, though, they each they each have their own battle. You know, regardless of the the name, you've always got someone in front of you trying to take your head off. So yeah, um, I guess every win's a win. Yeah, exactly. Um, so obviously you got this big fight coming up for the diamond belt. Would you say this is probably your biggest fight you've ever had? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because there's there's, there's different um, things that I guess you could classify as your, your biggest fight. Like yeah, uh, for example, a fought on one championship that was obviously big for multiple reasons. Yeah, it's a um, massive promotion. Uh, I, yeah. You know, when I when I won my first world title once again, that's it's huge. Um, first pro fight, you know, it might not necessarily be the you know the biggest on on scale, but it's still something that's very honourable. Yeah, and at the uh, time, at the time, it's the biggest fight yeah. you've ever had. You know. Yeah, so it, it's it's tough. Every fight has a, a, a different sentimental value to me. Um, in terms of the diamond belt, though, that's the best of the best. You know, so. Um, it's definitely the biggest achievement I, I will have uh, obtained if I can win the fight. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's most definitely up there. Um, another fight when I fought Toby Smith, there was no belt, there was no ranking. It's just it was the, just you know, the, it was just a great fight, you know. And just to have so, him on your record fighting Toby yeah. Smith's a big achievement in itself. Yeah. So as I say, every fight that I've had's got different value, but. Um, listen, it's it's most certainly up there, and I, I certainly wouldn't want to disrespect Jake. He's he's going to be one of my toughest opponents for sure, and uh, and yeah, yeah, it's up there definitely. Yeah. So we were um, looking at your one record. Obviously, you had a split decision loss, and then a um, 
another decision loss. So you fought on there twice. You haven't what? fought on one since I think two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, no, I haven't. Um, it's a bit of a bit of an odd one, I guess you could say. Um, my first fight was the one where I got the hematoma, which obviously went viral. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I personally feel like I was winning that fight prior to the hematoma. Um, I, I deservingly lost in the end. Uh, I then fought a chap called Sogro, lost split points, as you mentioned. I feel like it was a terrible decision. Yeah. Um, we had a, a bit of a process to go through after that with one championship where we we appealed the decision and we said, listen, there's no way we lost that fight. And there was a bit of back and forth emails here and there and everywhere. And, you know, they, they reviewed the fight and, you know, there was a whole load of um, things that had to happen in the background prior to moving forward. So I'm not sure if, if that maybe put a black mark against my name or maybe I'm a bit, I'm not, I'm not the most exciting guy in the world. I'm here to have fun. You know, I'm here just to enjoy the experience. I'm not here to go head on head with someone and slag his mum for him, you know, yeah, just yeah, to, yeah. you know, get the fans on board. So I'm not sure if that doesn't go against me either. Um, I obviously had two losses, so I'm not necessarily the most in-demand fighter in terms of one championship. But Riddler and I, uh, we went away. We kind of started from the bottom, worked our way back up, obviously got a, a name with the WBC, which is amazing. Um, as I mentioned, started fighting guys with less fights and and really got the the confidence going. And until the big fights started coming, like your Tobys, your Charlies, your Jake Lunds, and uh, yeah, here we are. So fast forward a couple of years. Personally, I think there's no reason why I shouldn't have been on there this year. Yeah, and I think there's no reason why I shouldn't be back on one next year. So. Fingers crossed, we'll wait and see. But I'm not entirely sure why I haven't been back there. Yeah, the good thing about one is that they usually let their fighters fight in other organisations while still contracted to one, so that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I think they are very strict, though. They don't they don't let everyone do it. Yeah, right. I think they only select certain people to be allowed to do that. They, they reject a lot of matchups outside of one. Do they really? Contract- yeah. yeah, they do. I mean, obviously, you don't hear about it because yeah. it's uh, it's only really between the fighters. But you know, fighters talk, and it's like, yeah, crap, I was matched against this guy, but you know, I got rejected. You know, so it, it does happen more than what you would think. Yeah. Um, I haven't had any problems. I've never never been rejected. I've had many fights outside of one. Um, and who knows? Maybe from one's perspective, obviously, I had a bit of a rough time with the hematoma on there. Maybe they want me to go away, build a name, and then come back with 10, 20 wins back under my belt, ready to redeem myself, you know? Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they see it, but I'll see what happens. Yeah, well, just fighting on one in the first place is a pretty massive achievement. So you've And you've built, built your name back up, like you said, and got the world title, and you're fighting for this diamond title. So you're going to have a yeah. stacked resume when if you ever do go back there. Yeah, and like I say, regardless, whether I do, whether I don't, whether I beat Jake, whether I don't, you know, it doesn't matter to me, right? It, obviously, I care drastically about it, but for me to to come from where I was, you know, obviously, and I wasn't necessarily in a dark place, but it's very hard to, you know, see your head explode and everyone, yeah. you, know, chirp, you know, the keyboard warriors, like, I took it really well, but to, to bounce back from that, you know, I'm proud of myself to, to be where I am now and 
and to get the opportunity for the diamond belt because you know not many not many would have been able to to do that in the the four year time period that that fight originally happened. Yeah. Now in talking talking about that human's home, I watched the fight. I don't know how the hell you continued after the do- <laughs> the doctors gave the all clear and you went back in there. There's not a chance you would see me fucking keep on fighting if I had that on my head. Yeah, it was um, a surreal experience. To be honest, it's it's not necessarily something I can I can try and explain to you. I guess the the best way I could explain it is someone puts a paper bag over your head and says, "Go and fight with that guy." You know, <laughs> you um, so I'm I'm actually really happy it happened. That might sound really odd, right? That that might sound pretty bad, but I am actually. I'm actually happy that happened because um, it probably bought, brought out a lot of characteristics in myself that maybe I didn't know that I had. Um, I've been in a lot of tough fights, ones that you'll never, ever have even heard of, you know, in, in my amateur career and stuff. I've, I've been really pushed and tested to the waters, even fights of Riddlers, you know, I've never even heard of. Yeah. And I, I know I've got it within me, but to do it on a scale like that, where there's millions and millions of people watching and to do it in those four ounce gloves against a world champion high level opposition to stand there and obviously i took a fair bit of punishment but to stand there and 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 show that never giving up is 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 within me is is super important to me you know and and to to go away and as i mentioned build myself back up it's probably made me a much much better fighter now because okay let's talk about the other reality right let's just say for example that didn't happen right and i won that fight and then three weeks later they threw me in again or four weeks later or whatever you know i was fine at 70 kilo yeah and you were you were only a kid then still like what were you 20 21 uh, i think i was i think i was uh yeah maybe just 1920 i think it was yeah four years yeah maybe 20 i would say um you know so i was i probably wasn't i was ready skill wise but i probably wasn't ready um experience wise uh, i think experience wise i was I, I was ready i think it was more so i was too light for the 77 kilo division yeah but i was also probably too heavy for the 70 kilo division so I was a, a bit in between and uh, yeah, I probably needed the time away from one to, to get to where I am now. And I think if I was to return, it would be a, a much better showing at a higher weight division. Yeah, well, as you said, Riddlers have found your kind of ideal weight with your body growing um, yeah. into the size it is now. So yeah, you'd be more suited to whatever weight you would go in because you wouldn't be fluctuating and changing as you're growing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and like I say, with one, they've obviously got the hydration. and Yeah. You know, I, I'd never done that before. So when I got the hematoma, that's the first time I'd ever done it. Yeah. I weighed in at 69.8 kilo or something, past hydration both times, weighed in two or three times, however many times it was, you know. So I had been through a lot, whereas now, even though it's at a heavier weight, I would still struggle, of course. You know, everyone yeah. cuts weight and stuff. But um, now I know what to expect. You know, I'm, I'm ready, I'm prepared. And obviously I fought there a second time and I was prepared for that and stuff, but um, ah, there's not much I could have done there. Yeah, uh, decision didn't come to me and we move on. 
Move on, you, yeah. you, you said you got punished in that fight, but the first two rounds I found was very, very even, man. Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't say you got punished. I think your Joe was very smart the way he kind of picked picked you apart in that third round. He, like, kind of found yeah. that little spot where he could attack you. And yeah. obviously just he, he just kept on hitting that spot. So is it harder as a taller guy fighting shorter guys? Mm, nah, nah, I'd say it's, nah, I would say it's probably, it's, it's probably a, sl- a slight advantage, um, being, being the taller opposition, um, I mean, we all know countless fighters out there that are extremely tall and can't use it, so there is a difference, yeah, um, I, I would say, I would say it's a slight advantage, um, simply because, well, you, would, you wouldn't know any difference because you've probably been tall your whole life. Well, see, that's what everyone thinks, but um, when I was fighting in the smaller weight divisions, because obviously my first fight was 35 kilo, yeah. you know, my first pro fight was at 50, 48 kilo, you know, so yeah, right. um, at that period of time, I, I was I was tall, but I wasn't quite um, significantly taller than the rest, you know, so I, I did have a, a period in my fight career where I was fighting regularly and never had that advantage. Um like I say, you have to be able to use it, and I think that's something that me and my team have adapted to over the years. Um, and like I say, everyone has flaws, regardless of who you are. Everyone has good days and bad days. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with Jake. Uh, with the smoke and Joe one, he he caught me on the, the sweet spot, you know. Um, as I mentioned, no excuses, but I had a tough weight cut. It was a very light division. We're fighting in MMA gloves for the first time, fighting in a cage for the first time. Yeah, um, I had a lot of things that were really new to me. Um, I made, I, I personally made a mistake in the fight. I, I didn't put my arm in a certain position that I should have, and he he caught me with a punch. To be honest, when he caught me with that punch, um, it was extremely hard to to then come back and win it. You yeah. know. Um, it, it was probably near impossible. I think for me then it was just a matter of uh, doing the best that I could in that particular time, you know, not giving up, doing my best, fighting, fighting, fighting. So um, Smoke and Joe done really well to light me up after that, um, but I probably didn't offer much threat back, you know. Yeah, he was did... walking forward from big shots, but he hadn't, you know, I wasn't hitting him back. Yeah, you're you know, just was, trying to was... survive, yeah. I was just surviving, you know, and um, and as I say, four or five years later, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad it happened. Yeah. But in saying that, when you said no excuses, we had um, John Wayne Parr on the podcast and he, even he said he struggled to um, make weight um, out yeah. for one. Um, I think he said no, he, he, mi- he missed weight Yeah, five he times. even missed weight because Be- of the hydration. So it's not really excuses. He said it's completely different compared to over here. Yeah, and like I say, actually, what did happen to me, what right was I, um, so I, I passed them all. I didn't fail any, thank God. But when I, um, when I went there, right, it's really hard to explain how, how, you know, the hydration and stuff works. You know, you have to be certain percentages and stuff to to be able to pass. But what had happened was I went there and I was struggling to do the toilet, like I couldn't provide them uh, a sample to to pass with yeah and i was sitting there and and i mean i don't know if you've ever been in this position but 
when someone's waiting for you to go to the toilet, it almost made me like feel like I had to go. Yeah. And then go. <laughs> you know, so I think there had been probably quite a few hours and I was starting, like I hadn't been to the toilet and I'm, I had been walking back and forth into the toilet 50 few hours. I still couldn't go. So I'm standing there thinking, bloody hell, my opponent's already drinking and stuff because he's already passed. I'm thinking, oh man, this is just a nightmare. Um, so although I passed, it was uh, it was a pain in the ass to be honest with you. But the the next time I went, it was much better. Yeah, right. It's, I think it's just the pressure of someone waiting for you to do it. it like, yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah, had to, I had to pee in a cup at the hospital, and it wasn't even to do with anything. And I was like struggling because yeah. the, the guy's waiting on you. Even he's like, take your time, but. It's still, I think it's still the pressure of someone waiting for yeah. you to piss in a car. And like you say, though, when you, when it's been like a couple of hours, you know, you start to beat yourself up. <laughs> Come on, George. Come on, George. You need to go now. This poor fella's waiting on you, you know. Um, but listen, they, they obviously have systems in place. They must see these things happen all the time, you yeah. know. But before you in that moment, you're thinking, Come on. Come on, just go, you know. So... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, John Wayne Parr obviously mentioned that he failed the, the hydration actually you mentioned and poof, if you fail that hydration, it is a nightmare. Yeah, well he he passed the hydration but he missed weight both times. Yeah, regardless. If you miss or if you do it if you so yeah. basically the hydration and the weight, if you fail or any of them, yeah. Man, you have to weigh in on the fight day, like a couple of hours, basically just before you go to the venue. Yeah, right. Your opponents had more than twenty four hours to rehydrate. Man, I don't know what would have happened to me. You know, um, it wouldn't have been enjoy an enjoyable experience. Nah, uh, nah. even more so than what it was. But yeah, fair play to John Parr and, and all the boys that have failed in the past. Hopefully, they've learned from it and then we go again. Yeah. So we'll get back on the um this diamond fight you got coming up how's your training camp been any dramas or hiccups along the way or has it been smooth sailing i think every every fight you have um hiccups uh, i was actually just explaining to someone yesterday no fight camp's the same you know um you know at riddlers we have many training partners in and out in and out different people fighting on different shows different people with different injuries um training wise i have been brilliant you know I'm, I'm actually really really happy where we are ending ending the end of power week which is this week uh leading into the fight i've i'm all camp I, I got a little bit sick for a couple of days um that was probably about a month ago now so it didn't really affect me um at all into the fight but you know you just get different things like that and it's like oh you know it's just a pain it's like oh, yeah. why do i have to get sick now you know i've got a fight in six seven eight weeks you know uh, um so yeah apart from that i was good i'm good you know um body's ready fitness is great um yeah certainly certainly no complaints you know once again thanks to the team at riddlers uh as i mentioned earlier they they flew in my brother-in-law from thailand he was uh one of my trainers as well throughout my, my career so i've been able to have him here in australia um training me alongside all the other coaches it's been amazing yeah. you know it's been amazing we asked Jake um, if he tried to find someone roughly your height and size to train against. Have you tried to do something similar to Jake's size and height? I'm a, I'm a bit of an odd individual. It's probably the best way to explain me. I, I've no idea how big Jake is. 
I have no idea. I don't even know what stance he is. <laughs> I, I, I know that he punches. Yeah. I know that he'll probably give me a few elbows. He'll punch my head. He'll punch my body. He's, he's got a good Muay Thai. I, I haven't really focused on him that much. Um, so not really. I've just been appreciative of the team that I have at Red Lures, the training partners that I've got. As I mentioned, we've got a huge team, you know. I train with different people, different sizes. So I'd like to think I'm somewhat ready for whatever it is that he's going to bring. Um, yeah, I guess I guess we'll wait and see. In terms of um, finding someone similar to my size, I often find even for them, it doesn't matter. No, you know, well, he said he, he said he's had no luck anyways trying to find someone your size and your <laughs> kind of style. <laughs> you know, I am tall, right? But I'm not that. I'm only like six foot four or five or so. I'm not that tall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think why I have this perception that I'm a freakish seven foot giant is because I was fighting so low for such a long time in terms of weight. Yeah. You know, I was fighting at like 63 kilo and I was six foot four, you know, so my opponents were midgets. <laughs> so, well, sorry, I should say midgets in comparison to me actually um so everyone has this perception that i'm huge you know and and it's really funny because honestly jake will get in there right and he'll think oh this is just a normal fella yeah. he's a bit big he's a bit tall but he's not that tall you know um so for, for jake you know it's not going to be a problem for him he's very experienced um he'll go in and do his thing and yeah, as I say, we'll see what happens. We'll have, we'll have some fun, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Did you change anything up in the lead-up to this fight or do, did you do the uh, same thing you do before every fight? Same, same, really. Same, yeah. same. You know, I've had quite a few fights. I, I've, I'm almost at the stage now that I don't take any of them too serious in yeah. terms of the, the mental side of things. I just kind of try and show up and do what I do. Is probably the best way to explain it. Yeah, just be Obviously best. The training, yeah, yeah, of course. The, the training, you know, is super serious. You know, the trainers are on my back and everyone's really pushing me. But, you know, even around the gym, like, I'll stub my toe and I'll be like, oh, my toe, my toe, you know, I'll just be like, just an idiot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I don't take it super serious. But, um, yeah, we're definitely going to be ready, that's for sure. Yeah, one of the questions I was going to ask you, but you kind of answered it just before, was have you watched any of Jake's prior fights? Um, it's a good question. I haven't watched him really leading into the fight or anything like that. I watched him as a fan, you yeah. know, when he was fighting Compact Leg and and, and uh, he also fought a chap called Milad when I had just arrived in Perth. So I have seen him fight. Yeah. Um, but I was watching as a fan, you know, yeah. and that's two very different things. You know, you don't pay attention to really anything when you're fine you just enjoy the fight yeah, you know exactly, yeah um so yeah listen I, I definitely respect him i've definitely watched him fight quite a few times um just a slightly different mindset yeah yeah talking about your mindset um leading into it we we so i was with a couple of people and they saw some of your instagram videos and stuff and they're like oh george isn't really taking this fight very seriously but it seems that you're not a very serious guy. Like when you're saying you're not a very serious guy leading into the fights, yeah. do you think that's a positive or more of a negative thing leading into fights? The best way to answer that, right, is every single person is different. Yeah. Right? No one's the same. Like one example, you look at fighters out the back, right? Even if you're within the same team or you're from a different gym, everyone out the back of a changing room prior to fighting is what I mean everyone's different 
You know, no one, no one can go into a fight with the same mindset as the guy next to them. So for me, it's a huge positive because it works for me. You yeah. know, it might not work for you guys, it might not work for Jake, but it works for me. You know, uh, as I say, I, I take this super seriously, but I think I just have that much fun with it that 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 I don't. You know, um, personally for me, like I don't talk too much smack online and try just to be a friendly type of guy and wish everyone all the best and you know, I, I, I don't post that much on Instagram I don't post big photos of me tensing with my six pack <laughs> like I mean what six pack you know they're overrated anyway um, so listen I, the best way to say it is it's a positive for me it works for me um, I'm very different to the rest um, I'm definitely not underestimating Jake I, I, I know what he brings to the table He's certainly a high-level threat for me. He can beat me, definitely. I can beat him, definitely. It's a fight. You know, it's a fight. Um, I'll be the exact same out the back as I am with you guys now. You know, it's just yeah. the way I am. Um, I was having a bit of banter with, with uh, one of Jake's mates. can't remember his name now. I've actually put a bit of money on it for a, for a side bet, for a, for a laugh, you know. <laughs> so that's just me. Just, just Yeah, I don't know where it is. It's, it's weird, you know. I, I I can't explain it, but I haven't treated this fight differently, both mentally and physically, than I have for Toby Smith or Yodkun Pon when I fought the Rebellion main event or one championship. You know, like I am who I am, you know, and yeah, it works. Yeah, well, if it works, there's no point changing it. Yeah, and, and as I say, I think Jake Jake's obviously got a system that works for him. Um, I haven't spoke to Jake or anything too much. Sometimes I have a bit of banter with my opponent, but I haven't spoke too much with him. Um, but I'm, I'm sure he's ready. Yeah. Um, you, you said that you don't do much social media or anything like that. Do you think that is a negative side of the sport where, like, obviously you see, like, MMA or, like, the UFC with Conor McGregor and all the those personalities? Do you think, obviously... Some of it's an act. Do you think that there should be more of that or less of that? Because obviously everyone's got mixed opinions about it. What What's your thoughts on that? Um, depends from the perspective. So for me, right, I post. I'm always on social media. I'm always around, right? But I probably like I promote my sponsors, and you know, I I I, I show some uh, photos of me hitting pads and stuff. So there's a difference between posting regularly and posting what people want to see. Yeah. And that's the difference, right? So with me, for example, I have been posting leading up to this fight, but someone uh, like, say, Conor McGregor, right? You just mentioned his name. He might go on Instagram, post a video of, I don't even know him hitting a pinata, you know, just taking the <laughs> mick, you know, just joking around and, and that's what people want, you know, that's what people want. So I just don't do things like that enough. Um, yeah. You know, there's one of the ladies in our gym, her name, her name is Victoria Sullivan, great fighter. Um, she's just recently started to develop her social media and her branding and, and she does all these video edits. And, and man, some of the videos are great. You know, I jump on them, I have a laugh, you know, I comment, that's brilliant, that's me, that's how I'm the same as you, like, and and that's what attracts people. It's a positive. Anything on social media is a positive because it gets your name out there. It gets the sport out there. It gets your gym out there, sponsors out there. But um, there's just different types 
of social media. You know, the only negative I would say is this smack talk, certain certain smack talk, because it's not necessarily the Muay Thai culture. Yeah. Uh, And we're all guilty, I guess. We're all guilty, but it's not the Muay Thai culture. But that's obviously something that holds Muay Thai back also. Yeah, is the respect element to it. John Wayne talked about this as well. He said that it's not in their culture at all and it's kind of disrespectful. But, yeah, as you just said, the way the world is, it's kind of nearly got to go in that direction of a little bit of smack talk to get the excitement and eyes on it. Yeah. So so it it probably holds the sport back a little bit in terms of the the worldwide global branding, but um, it doesn't change what we do, you know? doesn't change what we do doesn't change us as, as, as people and we stay who we are you know yeah well there's no yeah no point putting on a front just for social media just to get an extra couple of followers so you need to stay who you are yeah a lot of people do it though yeah. a lot of people do it even um one of the fighters was discussing the other day um he's a lovely guy i won't mention his name everyone knows him but he's a lo- he's a lovely lovely guy went through a big promotion and felt like he was changing who he was. You know, he was starting to to give the people what they want until such time that he was sat back and went, you know what, that's not me. And he uh, and he went back to his usual self. Yeah. You know, so all of us can get sucked down that path of trying to just get fame, fame, fame. You know, even though it's a, still a small market. You know, we're we're not making millions. Far from it. Yeah. We don't have millions of followers. Once again, far from it. But. Um, I'm just happy that the people that follow me and support me are happy with what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Um, we'll go go back a little bit to that hematoma. Obviously, that's an injury. Have you had any other injuries other than that, like major injuries? Uh, no, nah, I, I, I had a groin injury when I hurt my... Uh, when, as I mentioned, I was playing football. Um, that put me out for a while. I was, I was still fighting. Like, I fought Charlie Bob and David Perrin and stuff with the injury. It was... It wasn't fun, to be honest with you. It was pretty tricky. Um, not necessarily aesthetically as good as the hematoma, but it was probably 100 times worse for me in terms of the pain. Um, and then just a couple of cuts, you know, from elbows and stuff. Having Once again, having my hand in the wrong place and taking some damage for it, but <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Um, but, yeah, listen, I've been quite fortunate. As I say, I'm still young. I'm still young, so I bounce back quite quickly. Give me a few more years, a few more fights, a few more bumps and bruises, and uh, I'll answer that again for you. Yeah, well, in a, in a fighter's point of view, you're um, super young to kind of be doing as well as you are. Usually fighters don't kind of hit their prime until nearly around the 30 kind of mark, so you're um, you're ahead of the game in your age in that aspect of it. Yeah, well, like I say, we're just... I just keep going, keep fighting who's in front of me until such time that a young up and comer caves my head in, and that's when you know it's time to give up. Yeah. <laughs> like, it happens to everyone. Yeah, it's it only does. a matter of time. So um, hopefully I'll be able to retire at the right time, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, one more thing. Um, you've had, obviously, you beat uh, Charlie Bubb for the world title, um, and he's beaten Jake. Does that give you any extra confidence when you're facing Jake? Nah, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Because um, I think him and Charlie are one-one, right? Yeah, they but are. Yeah. E- even regardless of that, it, the fights happened so many years ago. They were both so young in comparison to what they are now. And and if I look at how much I've developed over the last 
year, never mind four years, um, you, you just don't know what to expect, you know. And and in any other sports, right, you see a, a triangle effect, right, where I might beat him, but he then beats him, who then beats yeah. me, you know. Yeah. So you never know. Uh, as I mentioned, everyone's different. Every fight's different. We'll just go in and give it a crack. But uh, I certainly hope that I'm, I'll be the winner on the night. Um, and then I'm... Sh- I know Charlie's keen to fight again, so we'll see what happens with that. Sweet. And what's your what's your um, future goals? Like, where's, where's your eyes set that you want to kind of take your your Muay Thai? Um, easy answer, but it's super important to me. Is that my main goal in the sport is to inspire people, mainly and hopefully the younger generation, because if people can see, you know, what I'm saying and people can watch me fight and they really enjoy it, like, for me, that's number one, right? I was, I was at the fight show yesterday. I was, I was just getting in my car, right? And it was, it was late at this point. It's probably like midnight or something, right? We're one of the last people to leave the venue. And I was just walking my car and I could just hear, George, 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 man, George, man. I was like, I was still half asleep walking at the venue. I was like, and it was just a young boy, probably... I don't know, eight, nine, ten, eleven years old, just yeah. a young young boy, George, waving across the car park. <laughs> How are you? And you just see his dad was super happy, and I was just like, "That's awesome, that is brilliant." Like that's why I'm here, you know. Regardless of belts, titles, all that, it's irrelevant, right? For me, inspiring people like that is is number one. You know, being so down to earth like you are, this is the first time I've spoke to you, but just from what I've seen of you, you seem like a super down to earth person. So yeah, when a kid like that does come up to you and you say hi back or give him a yeah. little pep talk, that would mean the world to him. Yeah. And, and do you know what? I think the the reason that I can really relate to it, right, is because I was there once. Yeah. I remember as being a kid and hanging about the fire changing rooms, waiting to see someone so I get a photo. Yeah. You know, like I've been there. I know what it's like, and I remember the feeling. Even to now, I remember the feeling of what it was like just when someone said hello. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And that's something that I've brought with me throughout my whole career, you know? So with regards to the fights, um, obviously, a couple of other goals is just fight the best. At some point, I want to be I want to be known alongside the guys like John Wayne Parr, as I mentioned in one of my interviews. I, I want to be up there. You know, I want to be one of the best not just in terms of now but in terms of all time and yeah. the diamond belt definitely gets us one step closer 100 percent. well you're on the way to doing it mate and um yeah good luck on the week or next weekend and um we look forward to seeing you fight in real life yeah so you guys will be there yeah we'll, we'll, we'll be we'll, we'll be there mate we've got a table right next to the ring so we'll be there oh perfect perfect yeah. so uh obviously i'll throw the questions back on you what other fights you're looking forward to on the card is there any that tickle your fancy yeah there's josh mcculloch we're looking forward to um watching him fight he just recently fought a um i think he fought a tie bloke with a, over 200 fights and um he kind of dismantled him so i'm looking forward to him and um there's a joe greenwood i'm looking forward he's a young yeah. fella from up here and yeah, there's a lot yeah, of he's like, had a few pullouts, hasn't he? I think he's got a last one at step in. Yeah, he's sure. he's got um he's got someone stepping in and then there's the The Jager Chan and the Jason uh Jager oh, Chan yeah. and the Yeah, yeah Jager Chan and Stady there fighting and then um there's a four man kinda yep. 
don't know what weight it is, but they're all kind of super young guys, like 18 to 20. So yeah. that should be good. They're up and coming. So looking forward to that. One of the um, – just to show, one of the, 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 the lads on the foreman, right, I went to Darwin just to do some reffing and stuff to help out one of the promotions there. And I actually uh, uh, refereed or judged one of, one of the boys that are on the foreman. Yeah. He was awesome. Yeah, he right. only had like six, seven, eight fights. Like, he was brilliant. Yeah, um, real young, skinny, like tall, lanky fighter, and he could use it. You know, he was dangerous. Yeah. So f- for me, I'm I'm looking forward to the foreman. I'm looking forward to the foreman. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking and, forward uh, to that as well. And uh, the uh, the chap fighting uh, Orono, Orono is his name. The yeah. Thai. He actually fought my brother-in-law yeah, probably. Right. 10 years ago in Thailand. So he's a, he's a legit Thai. Yeah. You know, hopefully he's still sharp and able, but I've been watching him on Facebook. He looks good. So hopefully it'll be a good fight. Yeah. I'm looking forward to all of them. And you always get like some of the early prelim kind of fights that you don't know the guys, but they sometimes put on the best show. So yeah, yeah we well, don't well, yesterday, know. Yesterday, yesterday's show, right? We had, we had, as I mentioned, we had eight fighters. We had some who are super experienced and, you know, um, yeah, you would just look. You you want to go there and you want to watch them, you know. But one of the uh, one of the other lads on the card, right? He's only maybe had three fights or something, right? And uh, I was obviously out the back, but I had watched a lot of my other teammates. And when he was fighting, I wanted to watch, but I was like, Nah, nah, I've got to get this chap ready. Yeah, I was getting someone else ready, and I could hear the crowds just going wild, <laughs> right? And I'm thinking, What's going on there? Anyway, I, I continued getting them ready. When they came back to the changing room, right, it was almost like an army came bursting through the door. Both teams were like just ecstatic, right? Yeah. They were mad, <laughs> right? So basically, right, three round fight, round one was just apparently a war. Round two, one fighter got an eight count. Round three, the other fighter got an eight count. So yeah, both right. of them were staggering, wobbling around the ring. <laughs> and that's a fight that on paper, right, you would look at and be like, yeah, it's just a you know, two guys, three, four fights, whatever it is, just get in there. Yeah. And that was one of the best fights of the night. Yeah. You know, so if you're listening, if you're going to Rise Championship, watch all the fights because you never know what, what the uh, the undercard may bring. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're excited for it and excited to see you fight for the Diamond Belt. So um, thanks heaps, mate, for um, jumping on and having a chat to us. And, yeah, look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Uh, actually, you've just reminded me something. I'm going to ask a favour from you boys, right? And this is something that I want you to abide by, please. Yeah. I had the same entrance song, right, for all of my fights. And I was at the pub one day with one of my mates. And he says, George, you know, I've heard that song over and over again. Change it. It was <laughs> me. I said, I do everything the same. I'm not changing it. Yeah. Two fights ago, I changed it, right? I have fought my last couple of fights in my hometown. And I've had everyone singing along, everyone getting amongst it, yeah. right? When I walk out there into the ring, I don't care if they're support, you're supporting me, Jake, or you're on the fence, right? sing along, get on your feet, <laughs> clap, get everyone involved, and hopefully we can have a good support from me and Jake, you know? Yeah, we will. The, crowd, the crowd will get into it. The crowd always gets into that last main, so... It'll be good. Well, I'll be looking for you boys in particular. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there. <laughs> I, I think I'll, we'll definitely do it because I think the atmosphere, if you get the atmosphere going, doesn't matter who wins or loses, I think everyone has a good time if that atmosphere is there. So we'll definitely well, jump on board and do it I'll for you. I'll try my best. <laughs> right, well, thanks, anyway, thanks, bud. 
thanks for having me and I'll see you next week. All no, right? No worries, you're a ledge. See you later. See Thank ya. you. Just a regular, every-